Man. 
me tell y'all something. On my job, just the other day, we got to talking about all the denominations that we have. We got to talking. Look, one said, I'm Baptist. One said, I'm preaching God in Christ. One said, I'm seven day adventures. One said, I'm Jehovah Pastor. You know what I told you? I said, it don't make
with his rock and sing.
Cause if you love him right, 
And in the last days, says the Lord, I 
will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. The promise of the Father is the spirit without measure. So we ask him tonight to saturate us.
denominator. That's something that we call death. We all think about it, and every now and then I think about my own death, and I think about my own funeral, and I don't think of it in a morbid sense. Every now and then I ask myself, what is it that I would want said, and I leave the word to you this morning. If any of you around, when I have to meet my day, I don't want a long funeral. And if you get somebody to deliver the eulogy, tell them not to talk too long. And every now and then I wonder what I want them to say. Tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. That isn't important. Tell them not to mention that I have three or four hundred other awards. That's not important. Tell them not to mention where I went to school. I'd like somebody to mention that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving others. 
I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. I want you to say that day that I tried to be right on the wall question. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try in my life to clothe those who were naked. I want you to say on that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major, say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace. I was a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. I won't have the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. But I just want to leave a committed life behind. And that's all I want to say. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word of song, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian, if I can bring salvation to a world once wrought, if I can spread the message as the master taught, then my living will not be in vain. Yes, Jesus, I want to be on your right or your left side, not for any selfish reason. I want to be on your right or your left side not in terms of some political kingdom or ambition, but I just want to be there in love and in justice and in truth and in commitment to others so that we can make of this old world a new world. My Jesus is a rock in a world. a rock right now.
said these words There is nothing is precious
Catching the wave. Good morning, Jaya. That's the sounds of the Iceman, Lee Williams, and the spiritual QCs out of Tiffin Low. 
Mississippi. Uh-huh. It's my pleasure, and uh, certainly and foremost, want to give God the praise, the glory, and the honor. want to thank all of you. You're locked into the NFI Radio Gospel Network, your number one quartet station in the world. We're live from the studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Catching the wave here on a wonderful Saturday, January the 14th, 2000. Somebody say 17. Ah, it's real, huh? That's right. We have stepped into a new year, a new time, a new day. Hello. I know it's got to be God anyway, huh? Ah, I feel good up in here. Pray that all is well with you on this wonderful, wonderful weekend. And it is a special, special weekend in honor of a one and only awesome dynamic man, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And in honor of Dr. King today here on the NL5, we're going to play some inserts of some of those civil rights leaders that uh, marched with Dr. King during the time that he was alive and went through the changes all the way up to Washington, D.C. All that's coming your way right here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. As Lee Williams said, and then the song, I Can't Give Up Now. I got to keep on pressing. I must continue to press. And many of you know the only way we can do that, we must have faith, huh? And it is it's impossible to please God without it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, look, of those of you certainly on yesterday, I thank you so much for the phone calls we received. We did a special, uh, and uh, one of uh, the uh, listeners called in and uh, wanted to thank us for the uh, words that we shared concerning Dr. King. So we, we want to thank you for calling in. And uh, we had a special on yesterday, and I had uh, one of the uh, hosts of uh, his show on uh, and many of you know it was Reverend Duntez Lee. Uh, he has the most requested talk show here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network, Rescue America. And now uh, we were in a conversation concerning those things that uh, Dr. King uh, was able to accomplish during the time that he was alive. So we, that was a good conversation. And those of you, if you missed it on yesterday, you can always go to our website at nfiradio.com. And you can go back to yesterday's uh, broadcast at, I, I, I believe it was at, uh, yeah, 8 o'clock a.m. It was at 8 a.m. Uh, between 8 and 11. So you can go to the 8 o'clock show, the 8 to 11 show on yesterday, and you can hear uh, that uh, discussion that we had during the time uh, uh, we were on yesterday. So today, once again, we're going to do something a little different, but it's going to be in honor of Dr. King. And uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to take a break right here. I'm going to come back with one more song. And after that, then you're going to hear some of the civil rights leaders and the things that Dr. King went through, as well as several of the speeches that Dr. King addressed during the time that he was alive. All that and more right here on the NL5 Radio Gospel Network to 5 o'clock today. Catch the wave on the NFI.
ready for 2017. It's the NFI with music like never before. Back with us is Apostle Pop Watkin and co-pastor Glennis Smith of the Crystalline Church of Lewisburg, North Carolina. Tell us in all things, not just some, but in all things, give thanks. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no Getting wrong. down in the Word of God is Apostle Barbara Watkin and co-pastor Gladys Smith. And by popular demand, it's the most requested talk show, Rescue America with Pastor Dante's Lee. The Bible says that you shall know them by the fruits that they bear. When they force Hillary Clinton down our throats, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to be chaos for a long time in the White House. It's going to be chaos uh, in the Senate and in the Congress. That's, that's what the prophets are saying. This thing, this election, is going to cause widespread chaos in this country. And so I'm just telling you, get ready, get prepared. Uh, Jesus uh, is coming, and God wants us to continue to speak out and to speak up. This is the only way you're going to expose the devil's lies. It's Pastor Dante's lead with Rescue America, and it gets hotter. And also joining the NFI back in 217 is Elder Kerry Hearns, Pastor of Word of Deliverance Ministry. Oh, I just thank God for Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, ladies, how to get rid of your husband fast, quick, and in a hurry. Just like you can do certain things to keep your husband, you can do certain things to get rid of. But if you want to get rid of your husband, ladies, real fast, quick, and in a hurry, make sure they don't have any peace at home. That's the first thing, you see. When they walk in the house, you give them a whole lot of work to do. Don't let them have any peace. You just start nagging as soon as they walk in the house. And I promise you, over time, they're going to be ready to go somewhere else where they can find some peace. It's Elder Kerry Hurst, Pastor of Word of Deliverance Ministries. If that's not hot enough for you, it's Overseer William Eli Radcliffe, Pastor of the Lincoln Park, Holiness Church, 13 Street, Raleigh, North Carolina. We need to tell God, thank you. We need to tell Lord, I thank you. Lord, I adore you. Lord, I honor you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Praise you in the morning. Praise you in the noonday. Praise you when the sun is going down. Can you say yeah? Say yeah. Say yeah. Won't God make a way? But I know that God used a Samaritan. I'm on my way out. God used a Samaritan the same way that he used Jesus. See what Jesus did. Jesus came on down. He gave up his glory. He came down to this earth to a dying world. 
He came down to help a dying world that we may live again and that we may have eternal life. Won't Jesus bandage up your wounds? Won't Jesus pick you up? See, when I was half dead and I was living in a world of sin, I had one foot. Turn your radio on seven days a week, Mondays through Sundays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on our website, nfiradio.com. Catch the wave. the wave with a brand new vibe in quartet music on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. We're coming out of the closet in HD2 sound with tight acoustic bass. You know, I never thought that God would allow me to live long enough to see the changes that have taken place in this country today. As a young child growing up in the South, I had to go in and out of the back doors of the restaurants and ride on the back of the buses. I had to go to segregated schools and drink from separate water fountains. And although we still have a long ways to go, God has brought us as a people from a long way. He's brought us from nobodies to somebody. He's brought us from zeros to heroes. He's brought us from cotton shacks to Cadillacs. And in the year 2008, in November, he brought us all the way from the poor black house to Washington, D.C., to the White House. And now I know what Dr. King was talking about when he said, we as a people will get to the promised land. And now I know what Brother Sam Cook was talking about when he said, a change is going to come.
Washington and, and Jefferson uh, and Lincoln, but uh, the modern uh, prophet uh, of our time uh, has to be considered uh, Martin Luther King. I keep trying to tell people that I am not in the same league as he. He, he was uh, head and shoulders above most of us. And I think we miss him when we try to compare him with other people. There were none. You know, maybe there'll be some now, but there were none. There were no people that had his intellect, had his intelligence, had his stature in the community, had everything going for him, and still chose to, to go over here and talk about love. And everybody thought he was right. I know I did. Love, somebody slapped me, I'm going to turn another cheek. crazy. But if you listen to him and get wrapped up in that aura, 
Can you understand? He's not talking about just love. He's talking about a, a, a salvation for this entire planet, maybe the universe. Sometimes I really think maybe if you believe in some divine providence, uh, believe in some spirit much greater than any of us, that somebody, somewhere, some spirit uh, deem it necessary uh, for Martin Luther King Jr. to appear. He was an unusual human being, really. Martin Luther King didn't spring full-grown out of the head of Zeus. He was a product of the Georgia soil. He was a product of two Georgia families, one from Stockbridge and one from Atlanta. He was the product of the church, the Baptist Church of Atlanta, Georgia. He grew up in the streets of Atlanta and was educated in the public schools. In a sense, he responded to the problems of our society by leading us in a more excellent way. You are my brother, and uh, we were very close. Uh, we grew up in a nurturing kind of environment, and I found our parents saw to it that um, we were exposed to um, all of the things that would uh, lead toward um, excellence and the pursuit of knowledge. Well, Danny King meant as much to me as anyone I know, I know or knew, and, and often I didn't have to consult with him because when something came up came up in which he was interested, he would consult me before I could have a chance to call him. And quite often, uh, when I was faced with a difficult decision, my secretary would come in and say, Daddy King's on the phone. And whoever I was dealing with, you know, the president of another country or prime minister or king or whatever, I'd say, y'all wait just a minute, I gotta talk to, uh, to Daddy King. No matter what occasion, how little the occasion was in terms of uh, size of gathering and so forth, he could always count on his father to be there. And uh, that meant something to him because that says to him that you have something to offer, you're something special. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream. But one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day, down in Alabama, with its vicious racists, with its governor having 
sing his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. And every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discourse of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring and when it happens, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. You're listening to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., civil rights leader that has made an impact here in the United States of America. Dr. King had a dream, and the dream that Dr. King had, is it still alive? Have you seen a change since Dr. King has left us? We'll be right back. We're live from the NFI studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's two minutes before the hour of 12 noon. Mm-hmm. 
coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina, in the studios of the NFI Gospel Radio Network. You're catching the wave. We're live from the NFI studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina, your number one quartet station in the world. And it's an honor, in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., civil rights leader uh, that made an impact in the United States of America and other countries as well. Dr. King, many of you know he won the Nobel Peace Prize and also received many awards during the time that he was alive. Is his dream really still alive? Is there really hope? Have you seen a change in your community, in your city? Are we, as individuals, are we coming together in unity of all different nationalities? Have he been an impact in your personal life that you have made a change in things because of Dr. King. All that, after the years, this is 2017, are we really, are we really in unity? Are we coming together? Is this the year that a change is going to come? Is there hope? As Dr. King addressed many speeches, Many marches, miles and miles from one state to the other. And those that followed him, those civil rights leaders, where are we today as people that live in this country of the United States of America? This is in honor of Dr. King. You're listening to the NFI Radio Gospel Network, your number one quartet station in the world. And we're going to be listening to other leaders that marched with Dr. King, as well as his wife, as well as his sister that you heard earlier. And now let's get back with more of those leaders that marched with Dr. King. This was an individual who had a secure upbringing, and when people are secure, they are able to take greater risks. And so Martin did what secure people are supposed to do. Martin positioned himself right along with all of the other uh, theology students, and was a very challenging person in class to the teacher. Uh, he just would not accept, uh, just because the teacher said something, as being uh, the fact. ML uh, did state on rather regular occasions that it was his intention to become a giant of a man. But uh, how seriously would we be likely to take that when he was only about 15 and 16 years old at the time? Martin Luther King Jr. did it when none of us knew he was going to do it. None of us knew how he was going to do it. We are telling you about the origins out of which he came. But then something took over. One day after finishing school, I was called to a little church down in Montgomery, Alabama. I started preaching there. Things were going well in that church. It was a marvelous experience. One day, a year later, a lady by the name of Rosa Parks decided that she wasn't going to take it. 
She stayed in a bus seat. You may not remember it because it's way back now, several years, but it was the beginning of a movement. 50,000 black men and women refused absolutely to ride the city buses, and we walked together for 381 days. <laughs> Negroes had to learn to stick together. We stuck together. We sent out the call. No Negro rode the buses. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, things I've ever seen in my life. This morning, the long-awaited mandate from the United States Supreme Court concerning bus segregation came to Montgomery. This mandate expresses in terms that are crystal clear that segregation in public transportation is both legally and sociologically invalid. In the light of this mandate and the unanimous vote rendered by the Montgomery Improvement Association about a month ago, the year-old protest against city buses is officially called off and the Negro citizens of Montgomery are urged to return to the buses tomorrow morning on a non-segregated basis. When I came to this city uh, 25 years ago, I couldn't eat downtown, I had to sit in the back of the bus, I couldn't sit downstairs in a movie theater, I couldn't try on clothes in a department store. The Martin Luther King Jr. Day is a great day for the nation, but it is an especially great day for the people of Georgia. We are saying to the nation that millions of Georgians of all races are today unified in their dedication to fulfilling his dream. We know that we have come a long way. To go from that, that to this in the space of 25 years is, I think, a remarkable accomplishment. He taught me at Morehouse College. He, for a semester, taught a philosophy class. Uh, so I'm one of the few people in the United States who could say I was a student of Martin Luther King's. He was a great teacher. He would open the philosophy textbook, read the first line, and then throw his head back and quote from memory page after page after page. We after are page. all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. And whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. For some strange reason, I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. The rich man can never be what he ought to be until the poor man is what he ought to be. John Donne caught it years ago and placed it in graphic terms. No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. And then he goes on toward the end to say, any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. Therefore, never sin to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. I hesitate to say the class degenerated, but it went from Plato to politics. It went from uh, discussions of ancient Greece to discussions of modern Alabama. You're catching the wave. We're live from the NFI studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina, in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., born 1929 and passed 1968. 
Dr. Martin Luther King, civil rights leader. Where are we today? Is the dream still alive? Are we moving forward in the year of 2017? Love to hear from you. You can give us a call at 347-215-8049. That number again is 347-215-8049. It's um, seven minutes after the hour, seven minutes after the hour of 12 noon. We want to thank you so much for catching the wave with us. You can catch the wave seven days a week, Mondays through Sundays, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. We are the number one quartet station in the world, and it's a special program in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Now, let's get back with Dr. King and the civil rights leaders that march with Dr. King. I have no despair about the future. I have no fear about the outcome of our struggle in Birmingham, even if our motives are at present misunderstood. We will reach the goal of freedom in Birmingham and all over the nation because the goal of America is freedom. We will win our freedom because the sacred heritage of our nation and the eternal will of the Almighty God are embodied in our echoing demand. I want young men and young women who are not alive today but who will come into this world with new privileges and new opportunities. I want them to know and see that these new privileges and opportunities did not come without somebody suffering and sacrificing for them. And it's a shame if you got a voter registration card in your pocket and you don't know about them. It's a shame if you have a voter registration card in your pocket and you don't know what went on in Selma. We weren't callous about suffering. We really thought that the state of Alabama had better sense than the beat up folk on television. Every television station carried it across this nation. And the uh, Jim Clark had a a partner, anybody, anybody, white man could be a member of the party. <clears throat> and they ran over the people, filled up all of the hospitals, rode in the horses in the church, and beat people in the churches. And that made it possible for us to extend that call that went out all across the nation to come to Selma. When I look at uh, film footage of what happened in Selma on Bloody Sunday, on March 7, 1965, and, and even see myself being beaten um, and trampled by horses, it is somewhat hard and difficult for me to believe that this really did happen in America. I know you're asking today, how long will it take? Somebody's asking, how long will prejudice blind the visions of men? I come to say to you this afternoon, however difficult the moment, however frustrating the hour, it will not be long because truth crusters will rise again. How long, not long. 
I'm a prisoner. That I know that justice is indivisible. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I really feel that if we finally came to grips with what Martin Luther King Jr. did, taught us, and what he stood for, and lived it out, then we could truly be a nation at peace with itself, and we could be a powerful moral force in the world that could bring all the discordant elements together. And then we would begin to see the beloved community emerge. All you freedom fighters, we've got to carry this message to the young people. And they have got to have some experiences of sharing and fellowship and the sense of a larger family. Uh, that family that we talk about in the dream concept, in the beloved community, and in the world house. He said, wouldn't it be beautiful to get some children from around the world in different places and have a, you know, a beautiful uh, interracial, intercultural family? And I said, well, that would be great. You know, I couldn't figure out how it would all happen. But once we got involved in the struggle, you know, there was hardly any time, you know, that he had for the four children. Growing up with, without a father has been difficult. But we have managed because my mother has um, possessed so much strength and tried to instill in us those, those values um, that my father held as well as herself um, and tried to teach us the importance of love, especially agape love. And I think for me particularly, um, it's there. Uh, there's nobody who walks this earth who I even hate. Dr. King was not assassinated for dreaming but for acting and challenging the government. <laughs> Dr. King's life threatened the political establishment. He demanded an end to a U.S. apartheid. He demanded dismantling through civil rights laws. He challenged a popular president over the Vietnam War. I could not help but stop by the basement of this church on the way to this pulpit. For I was privileged to be with a small band of warriors, apostles, disciples. January 15th, 1968. The last birth date that Dr. King was alive. He showed us on that day how to celebrate his birthday by the way he celebrated his own birthday. That morning he had breakfast with his family, he had prayer, and he ate at home with his family. He was a family man. He went to the basement of this church about 10 a.m., convened the staff, supporters, and advisors, Indians from the reservations, Hispanics from the barrios, blacks from ghettos, Asians, Jews, Protestants, Catholics, black and white, 
and began organizing the Poor People's Campaign. We assemble here together today with common problems, uh, bringing together ethnic groups that maybe have not been together in this type of meeting in the past. I know I haven't been uh, in a meeting like this, and it's been one of my dreams that we would come together and realize our common problems. Power for poor people will really mean having the ability, the togetherness, the assertiveness, and the aggressiveness to make the power structure of this nation say yes when they may be desirous of saying no. And it is my hope that... About two o'clock, Sonona Clayton came into the room and brought a birthday cake. Beverly stopped for a moment and sliced the cake and blew out the candles and ate it. Kept organizing the Poor People's Campaign. Thank you very much. I'm just getting older, that's all. He had been stabbed when he was uh, just beginning and uh, still had the scars across his chest where they had to open up his entire chest to get the knife wound out, knife out. Uh, and he said, you know, I have to face, I'm reminded of death every morning when I brush my teeth. Uh, and he said, I know what I'm doing. You all like to, you know, the excitement. Uh, but this is serious business, and some of you are going to get killed. He would never talk about himself getting killed. He'd talk about others getting killed. And then he'd preach our funerals for us. He'd say, well, Andy, if you get killed, uh, I will give you the most eloquent eulogy that anybody has ever heard. And then he'd proceed to tell stories that uh, the likes of which, the, you know, the last thing I'd, I'd want him heard it. Any little embarrassing tale he could think of about me, he would then... In Chicago, on the day that we marched through that narrow street, and we marched by 4,000 people that day, but they were in trees. That's correct. Change frequency. It was the most serious. I guess we marched about five miles then. But they had at least 10,000 whites assembled on us. And there must have been about 4,000 policemen trying to protect us. But every minute almost, somebody knows it's just broken. You just every way you turn. And the policemen were going ahead, and they were finding people in these trees. They were holding up, come out of the trees, because they were in these trees to shoot or anything.
you know, he was human. But he never went around just focusing on, you know, death and dying. Um, he talked about it an awful lot, but he talked about it in terms of, of um, giving one's life for a, a, redeem a cause that he, know, he knew could be a redeeming force and his life could be a redeeming force and unearned suffering being redemptive. And that if his, he was called to give his life, uh, you know, there's no more noble way. In this room right here, on the Saturday before his assassination, he came in and said, you know, I've been wondering, I've been in great pain and agony, wrestling with the division and I've struggled, the lack of direction. I remember Andy Young said, Dr. King, don't worry. I mean, we're going to get it together. We've always done it. He said, Andy, be quiet. Don't say peace, peace when there's no peace. Let me express myself. Dr. Adnan said, let him talk. He said, I've thought about even turning around and quitting. I'm not going to allow anybody to pull me so low as to use the very method that has perpetuated evil throughout our civilization. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm tired of the war in Vietnam. I'm tired of war and conflict in the world. I'm tired of shooting. I'm tired of hate. I'm tired of selfishness. I'm tired of evil. I'm not going to use violence, no matter who says it. I thought about maybe if I would fast and pray, even to the point of death. Now, maybe Stokely and Raph and some of the guys, Roy and Whitney, who do not agree with my focus on nonviolence and my focus on the international issue of Vietnam, but we are at least personal friends. They would come to my bedside at death and we could get together and at least have unity. You know what I say, don't be afraid. You know what I really mean. Don't even be afraid to die. I submit to you tonight. No man is free if he fears death. But the minute you conquer the fear of death at that moment, you're free. And then lastly, he said, we got to go on. So by the time we got to Memphis later on that week, on a very stormy night, when he came in, what struck me about the speech that night was a lot of poetry and prophecy and profundity in it. But it really doesn't matter with me now, because I've been to the mountaintop. Anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Dr. King died in my arms. I would have given my life save his life. 
You don't have but one friend in a lifetime. And I am a living example of that fact. I can testify to that fact. I look for everybody to act like Martin act, to behave as Martin behaves, to be compassionate like Martin was, but uh, you cannot be somebody else, uh, and so consequently, uh, I miss him very much you're listening to the nfi radio gospel network your number one quartet station in the world it's a tribute to dr martin luther king born 1928 and passed 1968 we're live from the nfi studios raleigh north carolina i'm your host the anointed one we'll be right back right after this important Mm -hmm. message Coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina, in the studios of the NFI Gospel Radio Network. Get ready for 2017. It's the NFI with music like never before. Back with us is Apostle Papa Watkins and co-pastor Glennis Smith of the Crystal Light Church of Lewisburg, North Carolina. Tell us in all things, not just some, but in all things, give thanks. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Getting down in the Word of God is Apostle Barbara Watkin and co-pastor Gladys Smith. And by popular demand, it's the most requested talk show, Rescue America with Pastor Dantes Lee. The Bible says that you shall know them by the fruits that they bear. When they force Hillary Clinton down our throats, I don't know what they're going to do. But it's going to be chaos for a long time in the White House. It's going to be chaos uh, in the Senate and in the Congress. That's that's what the prophets are saying. This thing, this election, is going to cause widespread chaos in this country. And so I'm just telling you, get ready, get prepared. Uh, Jesus uh, is coming, and God wants us to continue to speak out and to speak up. This is the only way you're going to expose the devil's lies. It's Pastor Dantes Lee with Rescue America, and it gets hotter. And also joining the NFI back in 217 is Elder Kerry Hearns, Pastor of Word of Deliverance Ministry. Oh, I just thank God for Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, ladies, how to get rid of your husband fast, quick, and in a hurry. Just like you can do certain things to keep your husband, you can do certain things to get rid of. But if you want to get rid of your husband, ladies, real fast, quick, and in a hurry, make sure they don't have any peace at home. That's the first thing, you see. When they walk in the house, you give them a whole lot of work to do. 
They let them have in the teeth. You just start nagging as soon as they walk in the house. And I promise you, over time, they're going to be ready to go somewhere else where they can find some peace. Yes, Elder Kerry Harris, pastor of Word of Deliverance Ministries. If that's not hot enough for you, it's Overseer William Eli Radcliffe, pastor of the Lincoln Park Holiness Church, 13th Street, Raleigh, North Carolina. We need to tell God, thank you. We need to tell Lord, I thank you. Lord, I adore you. Lord, I honor you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Praise you in the morning. Praise you in the noonday. Praise you when the sun is going down. Can you say yeah? Say yeah. Say yeah. Won't God make a way? But I know that God used a Samaritan. I'm on my way out. God used a Samaritan the same way that he used Jesus. See what Jesus did. Jesus came on down. He gave up his glory. He came down to this earth to a dying world. He came down to help a dying world that we may live again and that we may have eternal life. Won't Jesus bandage up your wounds? Won't Jesus pick you up? See, when I was half dead and I was living in a world of sin, I had one foot. Turn your radio on seven days a week, Mondays through Sundays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. on our website, nliradio.com. Catching the Wave with a brand new vibe in Quartet Music on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. We're coming out of the closet in HD2 Sound with tight acoustic bass. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're live from the NFI studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Your number one quartet station in the world. You're catching the wave here. On the NFI Radio Gospel Network, I'm your host, Phil Norton Juan, on this wonderful Saturday, January the 14th, 2017, and uh, pray that you are having a wonderful time on this Saturday, and it's about um, 22 minutes before the hour of 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and here in North Carolina, Raleigh, we are... Getting some um, showers here, and uh, the temperature is around in the 40s, about 44 degrees. We've got more music coming your way all the way up to 5 o'clock today, and those of you, I know you're ready to listen to a little bit more music, huh? Well, we're going to give it to you, and I uh, pray that you enjoyed the insert and those that were following Dr. King during the time of his march. We certainly... Um, recognize and honor Dr. Martin Luther King here from the NFI Studios. Now, let's get back with more great gospel music on this wonderful Saturday, giving God the praise. You 
can do better at home. So let's get ready, hometown, and bring them 